Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. Uh, my name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by... Daniel Wilcox with a D and a W. <laughs> and today, I think we're going to be talking about uh, writing quickly, publishing quickly, and... Uh, I get, we're, talking about, we're talking about comfort zones, uh, the myth of speed equals diminished quality... And I think the power of momentum. Oh, well, that's how I think. That's what I. That's what I think is happening. Then is that what's yeah. happening? Okay. Yeah, that's what I think is uh, <laughs> is is a general gist. It's a. I, th- I think it feels like a hot topic at the minute. I mean, it's been a hot topic for a while, but I feel like there's a bit more of a boom, a bit more of a, a focus on that kind of ethos. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Before all that, uh, we need to do. Actually, before we do the big whoops, we just need to do a bit of housekeeping. Um, you may have noticed the show has gone to. It was weekly. It's now uh, fortnightly. fortnightly. I was going to say bi-weekly. It's not. It's fortnightly. <laughs> um, just because in the last episode, you might have noticed we talked about maker time versus manager time. Right now, with us working as much as we are and trying to produce as much work as we're trying to produce this year, uh, we're trying to publish quickly and write quickly, as what we're talking about today um but we need to focus more on the maker time and as much as we enjoy doing this show it is more manager time i think yeah definitely. So, it's, it's a bit more of um I, I guess a luxury in a way and it's it's nothing to do with the fact that we don't like talking about what we're doing because i, I very much look forward to these every week um but yeah i think it's a case of priorities and i think it's a good balance of not having to sort of give up the show yeah full stop um because that's that's kind of the last thing we want to do it's it's nice to have these intervals where we can sort of discuss the topics that are current talk to some people and give you guys some some great advice yeah um yeah i mean we probably will go back to weekly i think once we've got a bit more time when um, we're full-time when we're full-time <laughs> authors yeah but we'll go right, every day yeah that's I, the wilcox guarantee <laughs> <laughs> i would actually like to do some sort of daily show at some point, That'd be Not, cool. I know. Um, I think Garrett like test daily, test daily, we'll, like the person. We'll do, yeah, we'll do a show on test daily every week. Test daily, day, the daily show with Tess. Yeah. Starring Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. <laughs> do you not know who Tess Daly is? Yeah, <laughs> she. I don't know what is she. Is she hosting the Daily Show about herself? 
That's she such could... a perfect show if, if it was. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds like a perfect show. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we should move on to the big whoops of the week. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? After you. I feel like I go first every week. Okay. It's always nice to go second every now and again. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess my uh, big whoop is the drawing of the three, which Ooh. is the second book in the Dark Tower series, uh, which, if you didn't know, is the Stephen King famous series that are turning into a movie this year. We're going to try not to watch the movie. but um, So one of our ARC readers um, for They Rot is an Instagram user that Dan knows called uh, at jobis89 uh, j-o-b-i-s 89 and she's a, like a book blogger uh, but more specifically a bookstagrammer so she has an Instagram account and she's reading every single book by Stephen King and blogging about it and these books taking fantastic pictures I don't, know, I, I, don't, I don't know how she does it <laughs> so she's got like all these old paperbacks and halfbacks of Stephen King books and she takes the most amazing pictures of these books um, and it's kind of made me appreciate my voice is already starting to go <clears throat> it's kind of made me are you, appreciate... are you wetting up <laughs> yeah. it's just so beautiful man uh, it's kind of made me appreciate like how beautiful print books are or they can be uh, mm. so she's she's got all these books out there and i'm just looking for them all and i was like ah oh, you know what i read the first book of the dark tower series last year i'm gonna pick them back up and uh yeah we were we were meant to read them together we, well, we did to a degree. We read the first book, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, this is okay. And I moved on to something else. Yeah, but, it's a very strange series. It's a very good series, don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. It's just very different to his conventional stuff. Oh, it's weird as hell. Like, the, the first book is a sort of weird West fantasy type thing. And then this, this book is like there's been a shootout with drug dealers in New York. It's now jumped back in time to the 1950s. Um, like sort of like the Black uh, Lives Movement and all this sort of stuff. It's such a crazy, crazy, crazy series. Um, it's it like just... the first book. There's a couple of scenes that give you a medicine spoon taste yeah. of sort of what the shifting realities are. And yeah. Then, yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. And um, it, it jumps POVs a lot. Like, every every other page I find it's like jumping around. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. And I think I'm going to continue this time. Uh, but, yeah. I think. Yeah, so go check out that Instagram uh, user because the page is really, really nice. Yeah, I've tried to take really nice pictures of books and it doesn't matter where I put them. You can still tell it's either the bathroom floor yeah. or just a piece of carpet with a book on it. Yeah. She has fairy lights. She has full collections. She has, it's the pop figures with them that I really like. Yeah, I, might, I, I really liked she had a Funko Pop figure of uh, uh, the It Clown, I think it was. Pennywise. Pennywise, yeah. And I, I thought, that looks really cool. I really want that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, my big whoop, um, I, I guess it's going to be kind of bouncing off of our mini announcement that we snuck in between um, the rest of what we spoke about last week, which was the fact that our book is out. Um, yeah, they rot. Officially, everything is submitted now. All the papers are down and on CreateSpace and KDP and ready to go and... It's very exciting, and it's also a massive weight off my mind because yeah, I always forget in formatting your own books. I know that um, a lot of people kind of streamline the process through Scrivener, but I find that I'm a bit of um, I get a bit, uh, I don't know, 
controlling when it comes to formatting and making things look beautiful. And I've seen sort of um, mistakes in some indie authors' books that I just want to avoid. So I kind of painstakingly go through and, and try and make the effort to make the books look as nice as possible on on print and Kindle. Um, so I always forget that there's that extra heavy workload for a couple of days after something is finished before it goes. Um, I'm glad you're doing that because I hate doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But like, uh, I know we were on about using vellum at some point, but it's so mm. expensive for for us right now. Um, it'd be nice to move to that. It would speed up that process. But you are good at being pinnickety <laughs> you know, with like uh, that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think you're the perfect person to do it. It's it's kind of, um, I don't know, I guess a blessing and a curse in a way because I know uh, from experience that one of the things it sells is having something that looks professional. And if you're going to put out your own work, just do your damnedest to make it look like the pros do. And then people will... There's, there's like a mental thing. If I read a book, I read one the other day. I can't remember what it was now. Um, but it was even so much as the text wasn't justified. So it wasn't even on both sides of the page. It was yeah. aligned left. So it was straight on one edge and then jaggedy on the other. And it just really threw me off. And I'm not sure if that's just because I'm used to seeing that stuff and picking up on that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's something where I was just like, this isn't professionally produced. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Like I said, I'm glad you're doing it because uh... – <laughs> I don't know, I just get a bit um, fed up with that, that, that side of it yeah. <laughs> very, very well, quickly. The thing is, it doesn't take too long, to be fair, especially once you know what you're doing. It's just more of a case of there's something that happens on CreateSpace and, and KDP where you upload the file. And yeah. one, it takes five minutes before it uploads to give you your preview. But then weird things just start happening. Um, you can have everything look perfect on a, on a, a Word document or however however you lay it out but the minute you put it onto kdp it suddenly goes oh we're gonna add an extra blank page oh this is missing oh this is in the wrong place and yeah, yeah it's it's fun but um yeah so that's kind of uh my my big whoop is the fact that You're that's clicked. all done <laughs> okay that is done <laughs> that i'm anal <laughs> <laughs> um does vellum fix those issues with the uh the, the adding extra pages and stuff i was, I was under yeah, the impression that that. that it was that it was good at that sort of thing um yeah. Yeah, so... Thing is, I, know, I know what it is that does it now. i figured it out, but it just takes its time. Yeah. Um, I've, I think one thing I've sort of figured out that I like to do recently, it's because I'm doing a lot of, is copywriting. But not copywriting in terms of um, uh, for other people, for products and stuff, but for, for us, because I've been doing a lot of it. So I've been doing a lot. I wrote the campaign page for El Marvo Kickstarter campaign that we're doing. Looks uh, fantastic. Done a lot of like sales, emails, and, and uh, campaign updates in preparation for February, so it's all done. And I just enjoy just writing in that sort of uh, flippant way. It's <laughs> like, very smart, Alex sort of way. It, yeah, it's kind of it's got an edge of cheeky. It's a bit conversational. Um, and to be fair, that was one of the things that when I first um, kind of came on board with Paul and Cleaver was that even just looking at the about page on the website. I'm pretty sure you wrote that. It's kind of wacky in a, I don't know, it's almost like it's patting you over the head and going, you're a moron, but in the, nice, <laughs> but in the nicest possible way. Well, well what it is, what, what I, say, I think it is that. It's definitely talking down, but at the same time, it doesn't realise how stupid it's being. Like, <laughs> I, I know as I'm writing it that, like, it's sort of a character act in itself. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it's like Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean thinks he's clever, 
But he's like if you see him from like an extra dimension <laughs> or something, you know he's being an absolute fool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, it's really, really good. It's, it's kind of, I think, um, you touched on it briefly with uh, Ben when you were talking about sort of the H and C branding. I think that's one of the things that people like is that kind of cheekiness. That um, it's not, it's not your conventional. You know, this is a product, and we're going to try and sell it to you. It's just a bit more like, hey guys, how's it going? And yeah. Just yeah, a bit more stupid, but yeah, it's cool. I guess it's because we're like uh, uh, independent publishers, you can do stuff like this. Like if. Like Penguin or Random House isn't going to be talking to people <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, I guess I mean, what what brought all this up? This the hot topic of uh, writing quickly and publishing quickly. Is it Michael Underlay and his Facebook group? I think that's been a bit of um, a resurgence. So yeah, the Facebook group um, <clears throat> Twenty Books to Fifty K, um, which I believe started probably about a year ago. Mm. Um, and kind of had a bit of a, a slow uptake and has now sort of reached 400, uh, 4,000 uh, independent authors and the like. Um, and yeah, there just seems to be, well, one of one of the big core elements of being an independent author, as it seems to be, and has kind of proven to be, is um, efficiency um, and just building up your catalogue and making sure that you've got enough books out there that if someone finds you and they like you, there's more that they can go on. Um, and it's kind of, it's almost a proven mathematical formula that, that the more books you have, the more gateways you have into your yeah. author business. So the more income you're kind of exposing yourself to bringing in. Um, but I think the the key thing is the key thing that I found with this topic is that balance between um, creating a quality product that you're proud of and that you know that your audience is going to love. Yeah. And um, this word minimum or this phrase minimum viable product, yeah, which so, I think is kind of interesting to talk about. Well, that's um, <laughs> that's like a, a business term, especially like in like online sales. Um, the idea of <clears throat> like a lot of people uh, who put together online products, more nonfiction, like the courses and stuff like that, they will put together a, a minimum viable product in the sense of, they will make um, a series of emails or something that will later become a course and they'll sell that for $10 or whatever just to see what the uptake is like. How how many people, what's the conversion rate? Is it worth putting more into? And um, and I think the 20 books 50K group um, are, and this is like what we say here, we're not knocking them in any sense. Yeah, like, 100%. We'll put a disclaimer that, at the end of the day, people um, approach the author business however they want, and we're never going to knock other people's methods. Yeah, and some of those people are like having insane success. So doing fantastic, you know, like yeah, unbelievable, like a hundred k business author businesses that they're, they're raking in. That, that's amazing. But um, I, I think that I don't know how sustainable that would be. I mean, for me and you, I think we want to tell stories that in in thirty years' time. We're going to be able to look back, and we're going to be able to be incredibly proud of, of what we've done. Um, so I think for us, it, it's very much like finding a balance of. Well, we know we want to write fast, we want to write efficient, and uh, but at the same time, we we want to make sure we're writing good quality and we're packaging well as well, and um, doing the, the 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 best covers we can and the best uh, editing we can do for the time. And mm. I, I I want it to be in twenty thirty years time. I want there to be the equivalent of Instagram <laughs> to be like full <laughs> of like cool pictures of our books. Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah. That, that's, that's the dream, isn't it? 
pop figures of Colin and Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, is it worth kind of just outlining a little bit of, of the history of that kind of journey for um, yeah. Michael? Or, do, or we do, do we think that's kind of not good for a podcast? Let's jump into it. I've already said it. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know, Michael Anderley is an independent author who um, I believe started writing at the beginning of last year. Um, might have been a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and basically ran along the premise of I'm going to write a book in 20, 20 odd days. I'm going to do just a quick sweep of editing, throw a cover on it, put it out there. If people like it, that, that I'll deal with that later. I'm just going to write another book. And by the end of last year, wrote 20 books, if I'm right. I think that's the point of, I know there's 20 books to reach 50K, but he wrote. I think he's reached 50K though before yeah. the, the, the 20 books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically about this um, idea of putting your work out there as quickly as possible, um, no looking back, sort of blinkers on, just get your stuff out there and your audience will find your books, will find your work. And then you can kind of always, if you need to, go back and shape and, and redo books once you've hit your success. Yeah, he was also saying, um, I don't think he did this, but he he's espousing to uh, use it as a way to test the market. So mm. if you put out, uh, he was saying to put out uh, a free book series, free books of 20K. This is his current advice anyway, so whether or not this has changed, I don't know. But put, but put free 20K books out, um, so make like a little mini-series. If they take off and they get like a good sales rate, um, continue with that series. If they don't, move on to a new genre, a new series, um, you know, just move on to, to a new product basically um hmm. i mean it seems smart um i don't know <laughs> i just don't know how i mean it'd be not maybe nice to do that as an experiment on the side but i wouldn't hmm. be that comfortable doing that under my own name yeah i think i definitely like the idea of testing the water i think that's one of the things it definitely has going for it i mean <clears throat> the idea of writing fast and putting things out there isn't a new idea yeah. um but obviously it seems to uh, have hit success with a, a few people and there are more and more people basing themselves on that model. But I love the idea of not wasting your time on, if you're trying to write to market, not wasting your time on a book that isn't going to hit what you want it to yeah. and finding that niche um, almost more quickly. So it's kind of like throw a bunch of coins out there, see which lands on heads um, yeah. and and go from that. And I think that's quite a smart way of of looking at it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, not. I mean, this is just one model as well. I mean, mm. so there's lots of different models out there. Um, in the indie author business, I, I definitely think uh, we're looking more at a pulp business than mm. a literary fiction business. So you can't really put out one book every two years. <clears throat> it's just not really. It doesn't really work like that. Um, Especially if you're just starting out, you need to at least start getting some steam behind you. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at, like, Garrett Robinson, Garrett puts out uh, four books a year or so, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's pretty solid, I think. And his his work speaks for itself, gets lots of good reviews. It's very in, in his niche, in his market. Um, he's got his people, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, investing in his own IP, as it were, his, his own characters. He's building that world out. Um, that's, I would be more comfortable doing that than just writing to try and fill the wallet 
Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, because I feel like if you, if you end up just doing that, okay, I'm going to write 20,000 words for this genre. People didn't like it. Okay, I'm going to move on to this other genre. Eventually, you're going to go to erotica <laughs> because that, that's what most, <laughs> that's the way people make money. Because um, that sell like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you like spending your time writing stuff that you don't even really want to read or mm. right? it's just it's like changing one day job for another. And if you spend, like, it would ruin my uh, love for creating stories if I was doing it completely for someone else. It's like doing client work. Mm. But the thing is, though, and what I found was quite amazing was the fact that the so the series that he first produced, which um, I've completely forgotten the name of. Um, Kufarian uh, uh, Gambit or something like that. That's it, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that series itself, it's not really or on the surface i i wouldn't say that's a commercial book it's weird, weird isn't it yeah i, I because do he think... was saying himself about he struggled with his covers because it's a mix of sci-fi supernatural and yeah. other elements i would say um i think he has accidentally stumbled upon a niche and a and a, and a readership i don't think he uh I don't think he could recreate that success as easily as he might think. <laughs> it's just my yeah. opinion. He may be able to. Um, uh, I think it's a little bit of a unicorn success. And in this industry, people flock around unicorn success. Like it's, uh, I don't know, what do unicorns flock around? I mean, what do <laughs> like, well, around unicorns? Yeah. Geese. Geese. Yeah, they, they flock around like geese. Um <laughs> But I mean, there's definitely lessons to take away, mm. and I think I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want to change like our business model completely. No, Just... so this is it. I mean, I wouldn't. From seeing what he has done and what other people have done around him, because one of the things that he is very, very good at, and one of the things which I'll, I'll give him an ending credit for is the fact that he lives kind of by. Um, the ethos that we set within Hawk and Cleaver, which is a rising tide, raising yeah. ships. ships, yeah. Um, and he is, and he's working with other authors, and he's helping bring in their success. And the entire, I mean, if you go on the twenty books to fifty k group, it's just full of very, very supportive people that are willing to help, are willing to give advice. I've gotten it is a great group, I will say. It is. It's a very kind of, I'd say, a very fluffy community. I don't like that, that, that word. <laughs> well, they <laughs> they, always... um, they uh, don't allow any knobbery. Like yes, dicks get kicked. Dicks get kicked. Is that the, the saying? No, but I'm going to try and suggest it in there. Yeah. Um, but no, you get a lot of uh, posts up of people that declare their thankfulness for the group, which I think is <laughs> very very cute. Um, and you get a lot of people who's like, ah, oh, I've, I've been lurking for a while, and I just wanted to say yeah. hi. And then those people will be like, hi. And it's all very, yeah. It's it's almost cultish in a way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but where was I going with that? Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael is a great guy as well. I've watched a couple of videos yeah. and seen some interviews, and he does seem like one of the one of the nicest, coolest people in the world. So, you know, props to him. Yeah, um, yeah. we do want to try and get him on the show at some point to have a bit of a chat yeah. and see what he's got to say because it is a very interesting topic and yeah i think lessons that i've taken away from it is just in with anything it kind of makes me want to write faster myself not to the point or not as far as these guys go um but it kind of makes you see the competition in a way yeah if, if there's a group of four thousand people now trying to spew out books on a daily rate yeah start going well we need to start putting stuff out there otherwise the market's going to get crowded which i know is in a way stupid because the market is yeah i don't think you worry about that too much because it's one of those things of you know people sell bottled water like you can get water from the tap but people still sell it like <laughs> you just have to build your own audience and 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 keep going with that um I think one thing we do need to, one thing Michael would say that I've heard him say in many interviews is it's all about knowing what your mountain is. So for him, his mountain wasn't um, being the next Stephen King. His mountain was making um, $50,000 a year from his book so he could retire as quickly as possible. And he's, you know, been extremely efficient in getting to that. And he's helping other people get to that. But that, I don't think that's our mountain. Like, mm. our mountain is to make a decent living, I guess, from writing stories that we're really proud of. Yeah. And having just a fantastic portfolio to look at, like, yeah. say, 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah, so, exactly. So here's, here's the question then. Uh, what are the sort of boundaries do you think that people should work within in terms of whether they are trying to create quality content versus or with the speed that they bring out so in what sense so in, so if they were looking to put together like a publishing schedule and yeah i guess um well i mean if you're doing this independently i think you do have to come to terms with the fact that 
this isn't the same publishing world as it was 10 years ago. And there is an iterative element to it. So you can put out a book. Um, if you get uh, a bad review for some editing mistakes or something like that, you can quite quickly fix that and, and re-upload the, the file. Um, so, I mean, you you could, if you wanted to, just put out a first draft and then fix it from there. Um, that's not what I would do. I don't think that's what you would do. Um, I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but... Yeah. Well, I think where I'm kind of going with it is, um, I mean, on that group itself, and again, I do, do just want to make this clear that I have the utmost respect for anyone that puts their heart into writing and anyone that wants to basically wear their hearts on their sleeves and puts out these stories. Um, but with <laughs> it's something that I'm very, very unused to is seeing people, I suppose, rush their products. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll go on that group sort of on a daily basis and see what's what's kicking about comment on some people and try and help out where I can but things like covers that I've seen that are very very raw need a lot of work mm. um, and you get a lot of people sort of behind them and say they're fantastic and I mean I'm not kind of being snobbish here I don't think um, well you, so you've got and so a lot of those people are a little bit older <laughs> like they're um, I was talking to Ben about this like they weren't brought up uh mm drinking from the fountain of photoshop like we <laughs> like we are a very design orientated generation um we were brought up around apple products like <laughs> design like it's always been like a, a big part of it so i do think when we when we look to do a cover there's things that yeah i know what you mean when i when i see some covers on there and people are giving compliments i do instantly think it's not you're that, not helping it's not them. that yeah it's not not as good as you, you're saying it is um, and I do think a lot of those people would should spend some time or some money getting a proper cover designer. I think we can sort of uh, wangle it a bit because, you know, Ben is a graphic designer by trade. You work in marketing. I've been doing Photoshop stuff all my life. I mean, and Skip's in like a bit of a Photoshop wizard in terms of photo manipulation. It's mental, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and like, so I do feel like... Um, I do feel like we're more... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, I can't say this without sounding like a bit of a dick. Like, <laughs> go for it. How a generation get kicked out of the group. <laughs> oh no, dicks will get kicked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my dick to get kicked. Um, <laughs> we are more aesthetically minded. Yeah, which is is this, that's just the way it is for us, and it'll be more so for the next generation. I'm afraid, and they'll have they'll have Photoshop on their phones that will do that will make covers within a couple of like clicks, and they'll look beautiful. They'll look amazing. Um, Voice activated. Exactly. Yeah, it's just the way it's going to go. I'm afraid. Um, yeah. But I do think we should dispel the myth that writing quickly uh, equals like a diminished quality of writing. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, when you first start writing and you're first doing like 500 words and it takes you as long as it does, um, when you see other people writing that quickly, you can instantly think, oh, well, they must be writing shit. Yeah. Um, I got an email um, from a, like a, a newsletter, which I really love this newsletter, uh, but they were, it's from a comic book writer, and he was saying um, he would only work on one script uh, a month or something. He sees his, sees his other peers 
doing like seven scripts a month. And he, he says he can't imagine those scripts are as good a quality as those people were doing one script a month. I don't think that's true. No. You, there's, there's far too many variables in terms of the writer, the, how many hours they're putting into these scripts themselves. Like, um, I mean, there's t- you can't sort of... I don't think you can really say that. You, you can only say that about yourself. You can't really say that about mm. anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the example of um, people like Stephen King famously pants their plot and literally just take... Yeah each page and just tear through it once that's done they're finished and i mean he says himself and on writing he only really goes back for a sort of brief edit just yeah. to kind of tidy things up um and he he can write at speed and even uh people like <clears throat> michael bunker yeah and um hugh howie must die famously that was that was a weekend right that he wrote that in or was it a week uh a no, no, weekend, really. i think yeah i think it was a weekend yeah <laughs> yeah wrote a full full novel in in a weekend and gave it the, the smallest of edits but it's still very much a quality book. Very, very wacky. Yeah. So I've got yeah. a list here. Um, the six famous books that were written in, I think it's under uh, under a month. So The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. That's mm-hmm. a proper literary novel, I think, isn't it? Um, on, the, on the Road, which is one of my favourite books. Um, that does kind of read like it was written very quickly. But that's just the <laughs> style. Uh, you know, A Study in Scarlet, the first Sherlock Holmes book, was written in three weeks. Um, uh, the Gambler by Dostoevsky was written in 26 days and these are like uh, literary masterpieces and these are written so quickly so you really can't say that, that speed equals quality or uh, the longer you take the better it will be uh, Dean Wesley Smith's been um, blogging recently about how lazy modern writers are so he was brought up in a time of like more uh, pulp fiction writers who were writing uh you know, a novel every other week. And uh, he was saying how he writes about uh, a thousand words an hour, which isn't fast, not not compared to a lot of people. Like, I think I can do about, at a push, 1,500 words an hour. Yeah, I think I average around 1,250. Yeah. Um, so he's not particularly fast. He says when he writes as well, he doesn't write, doesn't touch type. He pecks at the keyboard with his one finger. <laughs> so he's quite, <laughs> oh, like, his, I know, yeah. Can you imagine? He's a fairly slow writer per hour but he writes like eight hours a day so yeah, he yeah. says so he does he puts in a 40 hour uh work week and he comes away with about forty thousand words but he writes very clean drafts as well but uh, so he has been doing this a long time um yeah, yeah. people like um dean Kootens as well famously mm. wakes up at i think he says five or six a.m and then just writes on through till five or six p.m so so exactly so someone who's written like a novel in a month it can seem kind of ludicrous but mm. but if they're putting in the hours and they're good writers they, they can they can do that that's fine well, this is the thing yeah I, I don't want it to like I, I realize that some parts of this episode seem like we're bashing the group and we're really really not it's i think it's a good um debating topic because there's a lot of people trying to find success in indie mm. in indie publishing and obviously we're we're of those people as well um, and like you say, there are various different ways that people can do it and everyone's of a different quality and, you know, good luck to anyone that wants to do it their way, whether they want to take three years to write the perfect novel or hammer yeah. out six in a week. It's Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm happy with the pace we're working at. Um, I mean, I'd like to maybe do the second draft bits a bit quicker, uh, but yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, I, I think four novels a year. I know I'm trying to I'm trying to do six books this year, but I think four novels a year is is pretty awesome. Like it has to be said, that's that's a good pace. Um, hmm. Especially with everything else we're working on as well. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like the whole there's the the podcast stuff, the Kickstarter stuff. Um, yeah. We've got a fair bit to work on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah. I think. Um, Oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, um, I think uh, so. There's two people in that group: uh, C.M. Raymond and uh, Lee Barbant. I want to say um, they, I think, are in a similar position to us, where they kind of want to do the twenty books to fifty k method of writing and publishing really quickly. But these are, um, I, I, I would say, literary novelists at heart. So they want their prose to, to be really lovely and, and to sing and to have great description. And I think they're struggling to uh, reconcile those two elements of publishing quickly in this indie, pulpy manner and making stuff that they're proud of. Yeah. I think if I was to start over, I'd definitely look at that method and probably be a lot faster in my production schedule. Um, but... I think, yeah, just because we got into it a bit earlier, well, even even in my heart, I guess I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but um, it's definitely something I'd consider now. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I would probably do it under a pen name. Mm. Do you try and do like a 20K book every month? So that's, that's like um, a, a third of a novel, really, yeah. for what we do. Um. And maybe maybe I'll try that next year. I don't know, but I feel like I don't really want to change what we're doing right now. No, not yet. No, I anyway. think one of the things um, with Hawk and Cleaver that I certainly sometimes take for granted is the fact that because there are four of us and we're all producing stuff, it's if one of us releases something that bounces the Hawk and Cleaver name, and then the rest of us get a bit of attention as well. So yeah, it's constantly people drawn to one one unit. I think we, we've chosen a um, a strategy, and it'd be stupid to change halfway through. Mm. And also, like this isn't our only um, the only arm of our money making tactics. Um, so I was telling you, Dan um, Russell Nolte of Wannabe Press. He writes books and publishes books, and uh, he he does this completely differently. So he doesn't he doesn't really touch the whole indie author keyboards and 20 books 50k style writing fast he he writes about um i think he publishes maybe a book every uh, so i'm talking about like a graphic novel or a fiction book maybe once every six months but he tends to kickstart them and he sells them at, at cons or conventions and he's doing fairly he's doing fine just doing that so mm. like th- there's other ways to there's more than one way to Skin a skin a cat slug, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> skin a slug, slug yeah. skin the geese that are wrapped around a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's just it, indie publishing is difficult. Um, I think full stop when you are trying to get started. Um, and I definitely think it's worth exploring the sort of different methods that you can go for when when you're looking at starting up. Um, I mean, would you? What would you do differently if you were to be starting from now? Would this be something you'd, you'd consider, or 
Uh, so I definitely think I would publish as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, so I think I would write smaller uh, mm. in terms of smaller length works. And I'd, I'd probably try and do like uh, 12 months of publishing every month a 20K and upwards book. Um, and I would, I would try and get into the habit of publishing, even if I'm not quite sure if something is that good. Um, something I've learned more and more is that you're really not the best judge of your own work. Um, there's some things that I think I've done that are fantastic. And people are like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> And then yeah. there's, there's stuff I wasn't sure about. So um, our latest uh, theme for the other stories is the space one. The, 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 the story I wrote, Tusk, I wrote that on the way to Lincoln. Um, and I wrote it really quickly because I was trying to do it for that challenge. Um, and I was like, just get it out of there. It's, it's, just get it written. It's, it's going to be pretty shit. I wasn't too happy with the idea. I wasn't too happy with the execution. Um, and then... We published it the other day, and then we got someone messages to say it was one of their favorite episodes. So, you, yeah. so you're really not the best judge of your own work. So sometimes you just have to get a load of stuff out there to just sort of test the water and see what what people like, what what you can do, what what resonates, and and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you ever have you ever had it where you have written something that you think is amazing, even if it's just a paragraph, and you hand it to someone, and their face doesn't change, and they just they just rub it off like it's nothing and then you just you just feel your heart sink into the gutter uh yeah probably i think i'm at the <laughs> point either. now where I'd, I'd, <laughs> i think i'm probably at the point now where it's like um if something doesn't get like a uh a good i think I'm, I'm quite good now at just recognizing what's working and what isn't by the reactions people are giving me so i can tell normally something isn't good when you're not really getting much of a reaction <laughs> Yeah. Like normally things are, are good when like people are saying, Oh yeah, this is okay. <laughs> oh, this is pretty cool. That's when yeah, you know yeah. something's probably working. Radio silence. Yeah, is... if if they're just kind of like dispassionately saying, Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's okay, yeah. You're like, Well, oh, that is shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, we could use the um the twenty books fifty K method just with the other story stories. Yeah. And just churn out everything under the sun and then we just go on a holiday for a few months and leave it all to Carl. <laughs> oh poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we're we're sort of getting towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Is there anything we wanted to say towards the end? I mean, I just want to reiterate that we are not <laughs> knocking those guys. We think they're amazing. We think it's a, a, a like flipping fantastic community. Um, it re- yeah, it really is. If you any questions that you need on there, just literally post it on the wall, and you're guaranteed yeah. to have sort of ten responses in five minutes. It's... And, and also, Michael. Is it's constantly in there talking to people like you're you're in there and you're talking to uh, six figure author authors mm. who you know they're they're doing it they're making it work um, and they're very honest and open about their approaches. I remember just one guy I can't for the life of me remember his name, but showed his current covers for his book and how fantastic they looked. And then someone was asking about sort of startup covers and he showed the first covers and they were they literally looked like they've been put together in paint. Yeah, but it's grounding to see that you can. That is a method that works. That you can go from, you know, I'm working with the limitations of what I got, and not everyone's lucky enough to have the money behind them or the skill behind them or someone there to lend a hand. So sometimes you do have to really bootstrap, and a lot yeah. of people struggle sometimes to see the success in the future. Yeah, yeah, 
you've got it. Uh, I think uh, one of the biggest takeaways is you just have to use whatever resources you've got available to you at the time. Um, and that, that's all you can do. And then the next time, make it a little bit better. And then the next time after that, make it a little bit better. And um, I just think of like, uh, I always go back to Garrett. I feel like Garrett's a bit of a, a mentor at the minute because I'm doing the whole writing Wednesday things with him and, and everything. Yeah. And he, yeah. Um, when I, his first book covers for uh, Nightblade were were okay they were okay they weren't amazing they were just okay and these latest ones are like the uh, the commissioned artwork uh they just look are they the ones that look like old leather bound books yeah they, they just look yeah. they just look so good and it just it, it just makes you think oh, i can't wait to see in five years time what our catalog looks like i remember when yeah. sterling and stone did a whole upgrade of all their covers in about you remember the unicorn western ones yeah yeah, <laughs> the yeah. new covers are really good <laughs> Like it's it's about a space of two weeks. They upgraded all of their covers, and it was like suddenly their business, their books just looked. They just looked so pro. Like very Did you very see suddenly. The, the original cover for Yesterday's Gone. Yeah, it, it was like, like the, the yellow road. strips and the, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember looking at that because I think I I started listening to them just before they changed that cover, and the new cover is incredible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's weird because at the minute I can't. I love our cover so much that I can't see what the next one will be. But then I imagine it'll be something along the lines of, um, oh, what was Ryan? Was it Ryan Carter? Ryan, Ryan Casey. He's Ryan got Casey. like uh, these post-apocalyptic books. Uh, it's like an EMP style book. And um, I can't tell if they're like photo manipulated or if they're like illustrated. But yeah. But, but either way, they look they look so so lovely and so nice. And I can kind of see us doing something similar. Yes. Yeah, 100%. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't think we've ended this podcast too negatively. <laughs> then again, if any of those guys are listening, I think they they understand that it's all part of the discussion. Um, that we're probably we're probably openly talking about stuff that they're thinking in their heads. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, maybe. Otherwise, I'm going to go on Facebook later, and I'm just going to be rejected from the group. <laughs> yeah, you've been kicked but, out. No, honestly, you have been the topmost respect kicked. for everyone. I've been kicked in the dick. <laughs> but no, I I don't. If if something's working for someone, not everyone works within the same limitations, and everyone's different. So, good luck to anyone that wants to pour their heart and soul into a book. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, thank you to Disasterpiece for the intro and outro music. Thank you for Acas for hosting the podcast. Thank you for the listeners for listening, and thank you to Daniel Wilcox, my co uh, my co host, my co host <laughs> for being here. Because without you, I would be alone. Uh, thank you very much. And say- check out our Patreon. Oh yeah, check out our <laughs> Patreon. Uh, you will get early access to episodes. Uh, you get all of our books for free, and a live Q and A once a month. We need to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it will happen. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank Bye. You. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast still hungering for some podcast goodness then why not check out our other show the other stories oh and did you know every time you leave us a review in the itunes store a puppy is born cute eh? anyway toodle pip
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.